Welcome to the Yellow Balloons Podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from Scripture will inspire and encourage you. The story of Ruth is one of the most beautiful and inspiring narratives in Scripture. Ruth is an example of character, courage, and faith. She takes big risks and embodies what it means to be faithful. This little story packs a punch, showing us all manner of mercy, kindness, and adventure. As a descendant of Jesus, this woman and this story are part of the greater narrative of God working in the world. In this episode, we explore the life, lessons, and central message of the book of Ruth. Well, Tim, you know, for my money, and I think this is true for you too, Ruth is one of the best characters in the Bible, just one of the one of the most inspirational and, and fullest uh, examples we have of, of what it looks like to do life well. You, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I think she's in a, one of the greatest examples in the Scripture. Actually, there's not many characters in the Bible that have nothing negative said about them, just a handful, and she's one of them. Hmm. That is pretty incredible. Yeah, so what do, what, do, what do you think is one of the, some of the main characteristics about Ruth? In her story? Well, for me, courage is the one that sticks out to me the most, but she's also loyal. She has tremendous discernment. She is uh, industrious and takes initiative, and yet she's also, at the same time, very trusting. Um, so I mean, it's not much, not much not to like. She also has tremendous integrity. Yeah, it's an incredible like balance of of uh, characteristics. Uh, talk a little bit about courage. How do, how does Ruth exhibit courage? Well, you got to know a little about the story, so we'll weave that in. But she's a Moabitess. So Moab was a country just bordering Israel on the east. And the way the story goes is there's an Israelite family that goes, falls on hard times. And there's a famine. For whatever reason, their plot was too small or or something where they couldn't make it where others could. So they go to Moab to try to make a living. It's a family with uh, two, two brothers and a, and a mom, and the men all die. The men expire, and so you end up with, and they, they both men married Moabite women, and so one of them's Ruth. And uh, so Naomi, in, the, in, the, in this era, you know, the main, the main horsepower the main, the main uh, work is human muscles. And so if you don't have a male to protect and to work, it's hard to eat. Mm-hmm. And so marriage was the main way that women were uh, protected. And so Naomi says, look, I can't, I'm, a, you know, I'm an old woman. I can't provide for you guys. You guys go back and find some Moabite boy to marry because I can't provide for you. And one, do, one does, they both apparently like her a lot because they both want to follow her, but one says, yeah, you're right. And the other, and Ruth says, I'm going with you because of your character and because of your God. It, well, I, I see something in you that I don't see around here, so I'm following that. So the first thing you get is the courage to follow what you see is right and true. I see something that's right and true, and I'm going to follow that. That takes a lot of courage to do that. In the face of circumstances, it may mean destitution. It may mean difficult. You're going to have to walk 
however far, you know, two women walking back to Israel, I don't know, what would that be, like 60, 80 miles or something like that, several days' journey. Hmm. You know, women walking by on a journey, that's, that's that you got a lot at risk. Uncertainty at the other end. She chose truth and character over all that uncertainty. Wow, that's awe, that's awe-inspiring. It's pretty courageous, yeah. You know, I one of the things I think, and we're just kind of talking about the full package of Ruth's characteristics, that Naomi must have been pretty incredible, too. You know, talk about referent, an example of referent power, you know. She was, but she's a whiner. <laughs> she does get into the whining, that's true. <laughs> that's true. She's a whiner, and she's kind of woe is me. And when they get back to Israel, um, she's like, you know, Call me, call me Mara because I've been destitute and stuff. She kind of seems like embarrassed to come back that way. Right. And and Ruth says, uh, "Can I go out and get us some food with you, with gleaning?" So they had a practice in Israel with for the poor. One of the provisions for the poor was don't don't harvest the corners of your field and don't go back through after you harvest and pick up the crumbs. Leave those for the poor people. And so gleaning was for the poor people to go out and get what's left over. And so Ruth says, can I go out and glean? And Naomi doesn't say, "You sure, I'll come with you. She says, fine. So that doesn't seem, maybe she's, maybe she's not capable or something, but she walked 60, 80 miles to get back, you know. Yeah. I mean, in, in her defense, <laughs> she has just lost her husband, yeah. Both her sons yeah. and is no longer of a marriageable age, mm-hmm. can't have children of her own. And so to her, she's got nothing left. Right. And so she's grieving yeah. and she feels like there is nothing to look forward to. Exactly. Which is <laughs> precisely the same circumstances Ruth had. But she's young enough that she has opportunities to go out and marry someone again, at least. And so there's... There is something that she can do. And Naomi, you're right. It is a perspective thing. It is an attitude thing. But Ruth has more opportunities from Naomi's perspective than she does. That is true. And instead of pursuing those, those, instead of pursuing those, uh, you're, you're, we're, we're, this is fun because you're showing your competitiveness here. In the <laughs> we had in our last, um, but instead of actually, pers- instead of pursuing that independently, she does it on behalf of Naomi. Ruth does, yeah. Ruth does. Right. Yeah, again, tremendous loyalty, courage, incredible. And when she goes out to glean, she doesn't really know what she's going into. And apparently, from the story, you, you find out that w- single women were at risk from the harvesters. Oh, that makes total sense. <clears throat> I feel like you already said that in marriage, in general, like that was the only way to protect women. And so... Women are at risk no matter what, unless they have somebody to protect them. And apparently, and this is inferred, Ruth was really pretty. So that means she could have gone out and got another alternative fairly readily. And instead, she's sticking with this grouchy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're very very empathetic. Yeah, she is. I am. It's one of my top strengths. (laughs) Well, and I think to get back to Ruth, the the courage to to stay with Naomi and and to follow is is pretty incredible. But... You know, one of the things that sticks out to me about Ruth as well, and you mentioned this with asking if she can go glean, is she's a she's assertive. She's an initiator. She's a she's a person of action. 
She's a person of action who initiates with great courage, without demanding independence of any kind, totally trusting, serving Naomi, and trusting this God that she didn't even grow up with. So she is, a, she is holding the paradox of tension with faith. And she didn't even grow up being taught all this stuff. Right. She just saw it and said, that's what I want, and had the courage, the initiative, the fortitude to just choose it. It's unbelievable. It is pretty incredible, yeah. Another characteristic you mentioned is integrity. So, if, you know, uh, Ruth is, is out gleaning in the fields. How does the story progress, and, and what, how does integrity kind of play into what happens next? Well, so, so she comes home with, uh, back to Naomi with this huge uh, amount of grain, and Naomi says, where did you go? <laughs> so, somebody noticed you because you couldn't have picked up the crumbs. That isn't a pick up the crumbs amount. She said, I went to so-and-so place, and and Naomi says, oh, that's a relative of ours. That's Boaz. So it's a happenstance. And now me, I'm not empathetic. So I say, well, why didn't Naomi kind of guide her? Tell her. I mean, you know, (laughs) she she should. (laughs) Well, Naomi, where are you? Come on, play, play in this. But, you know, God is directing. And so, uh Boaz took notice of her, probably because she's really good looking. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, who's that? Oh, okay, Naomi. Oh, she's a relative of mine. Go give her some good stuff. And, and, and Boaz, <clears throat> Boaz invites her in and, and does all this, you know, and takes care of her. And so then, so then Naomi says, okay, so Boaz. Now, Naomi is shrewd. She's very shrewd. And Naomi says, um, okay, Boaz, so Boaz noticed, oh, hmm, wheels are turning here. Um, I, I tell you what you do. Uh, so stick with him. He's a, he's a relative of ours. And I tell you what you do. Go lay down next to him at night. He, they'll, they'll have the harvest. They'll be gleaning. I mean, it's not gleaning, um, threshing. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a celebration and stuff. And after he lays down, Go, he says, uncover his feet is the, is the phrase they use, which I think just means go lay down beside him and pull his cloak over you. I mean, it's ancient, very risque. <laughs> ancient, graining, ancient, uh, the ancient, uh, you know, celebrations and the wine is flowing and stuff. There was a lot of monkey business that was normal <laughs> at these places. Okay, so she's really putting herself at risk. And Naomi says, he's a man of integrity, so you'll be okay. That's a marriage proposal, by the way, when she does that. That's a marriage proposal. It also could be viewed as something else that could turn into something else that's exploitative. Mm-hmm. So she really trusts Naomi here. She's putting herself at tremendous risk, but she's not in any way. And she, you know, put on your best dress, put on your perfume and stuff. It's pretty clear what's happening. Wait till he's had a couple glasses of wine. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Naomi's playing the angle here, but she trusts in, in Boaz's character, and, Noah, and Naomi trusts uh, Boaz. And Naomi, um, Ruth, sorry, Ruth does not try to manipulate Boaz and and get and seduce him. Okay, she sticks with she, even though it's a very compromising situation, she sticks with her place. And all she does is lay down. And so she's just laying there. She's not, she's not doing anything uh, that's provocative. And, 
suddenly Boaz wakes up and like, who's that? <laughs> and she says, well, I'm Ruth. And um, I want you to, what does she say? Take me under your wing. It's a marriage proposal. I'm, I'm your close relative. Now, in, in Israel's law, if a, if a woman died, it was the, I'm sorry, if a woman had a husband that died, if a woman becomes a widow, it was the closest relative's uh, duty to take that widow in and raise offspring for their family. You're giving your money to this other family to start again. You don't, you don't get their property. You're actually giving to them. Okay, that was the law. So Boaz says, wow, you're really something else because you could have gone after some young men. He's apparently older, which, and this, this doesn't go with the, with the American romance, but men typically had multiple wives in this era. But he says, you could have gone after some young men, and I'm, he's apparently old and ugly. I guess that would be the, at least his perspective on it. <laughs> sure. But he was wealthy and shrewd and had great integrity. And she says, uh, what you're doing is mainly for your mother-in-law. That's really incredible. So actually, Boaz appreciates her character so much that he says, I'll do it. And, no, now, and so she comes back. She leaves early so that there's no scandal before the light, before the dawn comes up, because everybody would have thought, oh, yep. I know what. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then she's a ruined woman, and Boaz is forced to, to some degree, take her as his wife. She... She's really, yeah, she put her character at risk for this, for Naomi's benefit. Mm -hmm. And so she goes back and tells Naomi what happens. And Naomi says, oh, I know Boaz. He'll get that done today. He must have been a high follow through. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Boaz, and sure enough, Boaz goes and he goes to the gate. And the gate is of the town is where the, is where the business was conducted. It's like the courthouse. And they didn't have deeds that they record in the courthouse, so they get, uh, uh, they get people together to witness. So he gathers a bunch of elders together, and he says, so he tells Ruth, there's another, el there's another relative that's closer, so I've got I to gotta deal with that first. I've got to get that squared away. So he goes, he goes, to, this, he goes to the gate, and he basically uh, works with this, with this other relative to kind of sort out that he's going to be the one that redeems Ruth and there's a whole thing there that I think I think's really interesting because the other he says there's this property that needs to be redeemed and the other guy says take it because in Israel all the property was uh, uh, taken up you, the only way you could get properties to is, is if another family forfeited it mm -hmm. and so this was a chance for him to acquire property into his family he says done I'll take it and Boaz says great you got to take Mo uh, Ruth with it and raise children for her for Naomi, so that property goes back to Naomi's line. And he's like, oh, no, can't do it. I don't have enough money for that. I, I don't want to dilute my business. I was thinking to acquire. So he had the money to buy it. He just didn't want to use it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so Boaz says, okay, then I'm redeeming, and I'll take Ruth as my wife. And they have a ceremony. to they, The way they signed a, the deal was to trade a sandal. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like we think of the signing ceremony or the handshake, they, they would trade a sandal. So that's a done deal then. And, and so then he takes Ruth, and Ruth has a child that's Obed, and Obed has a child that's Jesse, and Jesse becomes the uh, father of King David. So Ruth, Ruth is actually in the lineage of Christ. And she's noted, there's several women noted in the lineages of Christ in the New Testament. 
And each one of them is a foreign woman that did something heroic. And Ruth is one of those. So she, she is lionized by Scripture, both by, and I'm sure she had faults. I mean, she was human, right? Yeah. But none of them are noted, I think, in large part to say, this is what I want you to be like. Mm-hmm. And then just to make it clear that this is a heroic figure, I'm going to put this person in the lineage of Christ. Yeah, one of the characteristics we've talked about with Ruth is legacy. She's in the line of, of Christ, which is an incredible just genealogical legacy, but she also leaves this legacy of, of uh, an example of good character for us to follow. Exactly so. And if we want to try to make some, uh, some applications, so we're all supposed to be the bride of Christ. So we're in, in the sense of our relationship with Christ, we're all female. In, in, that, in that sense. So if I want to look at, um, you know, how, how do I, I'm a male, how do I as a male be a good wife and be on the same team with my husband? Well, and I say this to women often, like, if you want to be, if you really want to be the greatest impact on your husband, show him what his, his uh, relationship with Christ ought to look like. How's he supposed to learn what it looks like to be a great helper to his husband, you know, if he can't learn that from you. Well, we can learn it from Ruth. Here's, here's an example. If you don't have a human uh, in your life that shows you that for whatever reason, here, here's one right here. It looks like courageously following what you know is true, choosing a mindset, and no matter what the circumstances are, that's true, following that courageously being willing to put yourself at risk to do so, choosing to trust those things that are trustworthy because of God. God either God is directly for God or because God is in it, and then serving others, serving others and being loyal to these people that you care for. There, there it is. That's what Ruth was. And she, her name was lifted up. I mean, she's got a book in the Bible. Yeah, her sister-in-law tribute. doesn't. No, <laughs> we don't even know her name. Yeah. And, and she's got the book in the Bible, and she's in the lineage of Christ, and she's grandma to, to um, King David, which means she's grandma to Jesus, the son of David. But pretty good. Yeah. All right, well, that's the mindset that we talked about in Philippians, have this mindset to be like Christ. Well, it's what Ruth did. She chose that mindset. Kylie, as, as a woman, what, what do you like glean from the story of Ruth? What do you appreciate about I mean, Ruth? I think that Ruth is B.A. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just think she's incredible. I mean, she, I'm like pretty apt to take risks in general, but just like seeing the fruit of her choices and like that it, it takes making hard decisions and hard choices and not choosing the easy path or the path that would like benefit you the most, but just serving others and making difficult choices actually bears so much fruit. And it's not necessarily fruit that she foresaw happening. She had no idea, like we talked about in the beginning, what was going to happen, and yet she chose it anyways. And how her character and the things that she did actually reaped great benefit for not only herself, for her mother-in-law and for her entire lineage, her family. And so I, I just think, like, as, as a woman, like, she is 
an incredible example to look to to see what it what it really means to be a woman of character and that it that it like it takes risks and it takes courage by the way the sister i, I misspoke uh, we do know the sister-in-law's name oh her name was uh orpa orpa all we know she went back she may have been great yeah, yeah. Great. you know but she wasn't ruth yeah we, we know to we know to follow ruth and we have very little to say about her today. Now, interestingly enough, if you go to 1 Peter 3, it talks, it talks to women. And I'm going to paraphrase this now. Okay, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it. And it says, okay, because uh, it, it tells husbands how to deal with wives and wives how to deal with husbands. And it says, okay, wives, I'm going to tell you how to deal with your husband in a way that serves him. And it tells men how to, how to deal with wives in a way that serves them. Why? Because we're supposed to love each other as we love ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And men and women are different. So you need to understand you need to understand your man in order to serve him. And here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. Use words. Men don't men men are not word oriented. And if you try to correct your man well, let me start over again. Here's what you don't do when your husband is misbehaving. And if they're male, they will be misbehaving. That's what we do. Okay, where we we tend we're we're very focused, and physiologically we're really good at focus. And when we're self-serving, we focus on self better than you do. Okay, <laughs> more more extremely than you do. Don't interrupt that with words. Okay, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Don't use words. Instead, do this: be Ruth. Be a person of phenomenal character, the hidden person of the heart incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Be Ruth. And that is really attractive to men. And even if they're total knuckleheads, most of them will come around because of your example. So that's, that's, pretty, that's, that's a pretty great, um, I think that's a pretty great um, thing for women. Now, when we as men or women are being the bride of Christ, we can follow that same example. I was just thinking about the Bride of Christ and how uh, we have we learn a lot from Ruth about what it means for all of us to be the Bride of Christ alongside of uh, of the groom, which is which is Jesus. I mean, talk about the things we just all need to be thinking about individually and communally: courage, taking action, but with integrity. Uh, the legacy that we that we receive in terms of being co heirs with Christ and sharing in His suffering and His glory. I mean, it's it's all right there in her story, what it looks like to be a good bride, and we're all called to be the bride of Christ. Exactly. Now, in 1 Peter 3, it does tell women to use other kinds of words. Make your husband feel like a lord. It says Sarah called her, her uh, Abraham Lord. Make him feel like he's really somebody important and a great protector. Use those words. Because men, men are incredibly fearful of female rejection. And if you, and I think most women are oblivious to that. And so when you start trying to correct them, you've, you've chased them away because it's like, that feels terrible. That feels like rejection. And when you say, oh, you know, Joey, you're such an amazing protector and you're so good. It's like, it's like honey to bees. I mean, they really like that a lot. It's a, it's a, so be a great person of character and use affirming words. Hmm. That's not bad advice just as general, right, for, for us as people. Like, why don't you be a great example 
and then use affirming words whenever you can. Hmm. That's not not bad. That's that's pretty good just as a general application. It's not bad at all. <laughs> so Ruth, I think, is just a really incredible example. And uh, Judeo-Christian, the Judeo-Christian tradition is unique in presenting both male heroes and female heroes, creating, uh, uh, elevating very distinct roles while insisting that there's equal value in each of those roles. Uh, Eve was made as a helper. The word helper in the Old Testament is used almost exclusively of women. God. God. Oh, that's cool. Interesting. Almost exclusively. God is my helper in time of need. So, hmm. so therefore, is being a helper a low thing or a high thing? Clearly a high thing. That's what God is. God is a helper. All right? So if you diminish helping, you're diminishing God. Having a proper perspective and a proper review of men, women, male and female, he created us. So the unity of maleness and femaleness is an expression of God because God is, in part, because God is a great helper. Thanks for listening to our episode on the Book of Ruth. Grace and peace to you as you attempt to exercise the courage, faithfulness, and wisdom of the characters in this story. If you want to learn more about Ruth, we have a devotional series on the Yellow Balloons website at yellowballoons.net. You can just click on the devotional link and search for Ruth, a woman of character. We talk about a bunch of different characteristics that are commendable throughout the devotional series, specifically to Ruth. If you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net. Thanks for listening to our episode on the Book of Ruth. Grace and peace to you as you attempt to exercise the courage, faithfulness, and wisdom of the characters in this story. If you want to learn more about Ruth, we have a devotional series on the Yellow Balloons website at yellowballoons.net. You can just click on the devotional link and search for Ruth, a woman of character. We talk about a bunch of different characteristics that are commendable throughout the series that are specific to Ruth. If you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowballoons.net.